You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. You are listening to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, April 18th, two. 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what up? What's going on, Manny? How you been? Uh, I've been okay, man. I've been okay. It's been one of those weeks, you know, we all one have them. Weeks but... on the Vanguard, baby. I see you. I see you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, miss, I miss my long and hard week. Uh, I, I paid a visit to the fellas over at the Vanguard. Hopefully some of you guys checked it out. I did my best to promote it, but if you guys didn't, you guys could go check that out. Um, it's a podcast and it's also on YouTube. It's a YouTube live stream as well. So you guys can check out the live stream version or you guys can check out the podcast, but the Vanguard and they're available on all platforms. So yeah, I had fun, man. I shout out to Zach and Gavin and those boys, man. They do what they do. They really put together a great show. They do. And, uh, and uh, yeah, shout out to them and, and a fairly new show too. I think they got started late last year. And the fact that they're doing what they're doing now, I, yeah, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. So, yeah, to check those guys out. It's a political show, so be prepared when you get there. A left-leaning political show at that. So, um, we prepared yeah, check enough, those. Manny. We prepared them yeah. enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check them out. <laughs> check them out. I was on there. And maybe, maybe we're working on it. We're working on it. We're figuring some things out in the future. You know, Josh and I will both be on there. We kind of do a little, little bit of a mashup there. So it, it's, it's, it's coming. It's in the works. It's in the come. It's in the works. Uh, but yeah, man, what's, what about you, man? What's going on with you? What's, how was your week? Man, busy work week. Um, my boy band podcast, New Pond on the Block is back. We do record the first episode today. <laughs> loving, loving the merch, loving from, the merch. From talking basketball to talking boy bands to probably talking current events, politics. This is going to be one hell of a day. Hey, and for some listen. reason, I'm a, I, I'm a music producer. I made like a beat every day this week, which is just like something I don't have time for. I don't know. I, it's been a really, it's been a week. Well, it just shows your versatility. That's what it is, man. It's like it shows that your versatility. Just like my, my ADD and insomnia, which however you want to look Okay, that too. It's a combination <laughs> of both. It's a combination of both. You know, it's, it's, you know, hey, man, you're trying to be the greatest podcaster in the world, man. Aren't we all, right? So, yeah, that's, that's the mission. Aren't we all. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. Nah, man. Dope, man. Dope, 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 dope. How's the dime? I I, I checked out the yeah. episode you guys had. Uh, you were also you were also on a podcasting uh, feature game this I week. Was. You were on uh, Above the Rim. Shout yes. out to Justin, by the way, has one yes. of the best basketball podcasts around. He's a yes. friend of the show. Check him out. Go support him. All that good stuff. That was I was on Above the Rim. Uh, Just Blaze, one of the dopest NBA podcasts in the game. Yes. Honestly, if yes, I didn't yes, have my own yes, podcast, yes. I'd be like, yeah, it's a dopest podcast. But I can't yeah. say that. I don't have my own awesome. podcast. Awesome. <laughs> um. And then I was on Guard Up Knicks, which is my yeah, friend. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Apollo. Yeah. We grew up playing ball together. He lives in North Carolina now, but he had me on uh, to talk to Knicks, man. And the Knicks won tonight. Julius, 44 and 10 against the Mavs. Five game winning streak. Who the hell are we, baby? Let's go. I told you, man. I told yeah, was, you. They got, I, they got Tibbs. Tibbs, man. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, Tibbs, the Knicks. It just, just seemed different. perfect, man. It just, and yeah. I'll say, and I, we don't have to talk too much about the Knicks, but I will say this, like even during the 50 something game, one season that the Knicks had, this season feels different. Cause it legitimately feels like a culture change. Whereas that season just kind of felt like 
And it's a young team. It's kind yeah. of homegrown guys. Yeah, you know, like that, it's, it's, that it's different. game one season for like a crapshoot. It's like, yeah, like we have Melo, but we also have like Rashid Wallace, Jason Kidd, you know, yeah. like all these old heads, P- Prigioni. It's like, this is yeah. not, this is not sustainable. Like this is probably right. a one or two. A year one year thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. One to two year Where, thing. Whereas now as a Nick fan, I'm, I'm legit excited for not only this year, but the next like three, four or five years, which is like, I've never felt this way before. Nah, man, we can talk about the Knicks, bro. Like, hey, listen, <laughs> you know me, man. I, 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 I have feelings for the Knicks, man. I, I love my wife, the Lakers, but I, you know, right. I always want to see the Knicks do well. I do want to see well, the Knicks we, do well. We appreciate always. being your side chick. We appreciate being anyone's side. Hey, chick. listen, we'll listen, 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 listen. Sometimes you need a side chick in, in sports. In sports, babe. Yeah, not in sports. Not in real life. Sports, not not in real life. life. For my wife who's listening. Uh, nah, man, but yeah, talk about the Knicks, man. I mean, it's 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 a different thing, man. Just me from the outside perspective, man, it does feel like the culture has changed. It does feel like you have an adult in a room for the first time in a yes. long time. It, it just it, like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And, but it also feels like the fan base, like, and this is, I'm very sensitive to this because I feel like Nick's Twitter hates me. You know, <laughs> I've been on Twitter for over a decade now and I have not made fans at Nick's Twitter. I like I'm convinced that I would be so much more popular as a host and so much more popular on Twitter if I was like a raw, raw, like optimistic, like type of fan. And it's just, that's just not who I am. No offense to anybody who's like that, but that's just not who I am. Um, but for the first time in my whole fandom and social media existing, the Knicks fans seem to be in unison. The organization seems to be in unison. The team seems to be in unison. Like it just seems like we're all on the same page, and I've never felt this. I ha- I've never felt this before. It's a it's a brand new feeling, and I love it. And no I just, man, uh, it's it's I it's hug it's every dope. fan and tell them I love them, and <laughs> even though we had past discretions, like we're still here. You know, we're not going anywhere this year, but we see the steps. We see the steps. No, I I, I feel you, bro, because I feel like, I feel as a Mets fan, I feel the same way when Cohen took over. Like it was right. just like. Like it was just dark clouds throughout. And then all of a sudden the sun just came out and just like everything just, just, everything was just beaming. Everything was just blooming. Right. Like it's just, it was different. No. And look, I've had the same fights with Mets Twitter. Like Mets Twitter hates me. Like, because it's weird. These fan bases and their fans, Twitter page, like accounts are just like weird because it's overly positive. And it's like, if you make one critical statement, they feel like, oh, you're somehow not a real fan or a hater. Like, why? Like, no, I'm sorry. I can't support everything of my team. Right. Like part of being a fan is being snarky and angry at your team. Right. All the time. And also realistic. I mean, as a Nick fan, I've seen 21 seasons. Like, what am I going to be optimistic about? Like, really? Right. Like what is like, I, I'm not saying I got to come on and like curse the team out. Like that's not necessary. But like, if I'm being real, like if you're tweeting, like, yo, you don't want to see this son, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina. This is like during like, you know, the days where the Knicks were winning 25 Ooh. games, like Frank Andre, Frank, and Kevin yo, gonna stop? <laughs> you don't want to see this. It's like, yo, come, like, stop. Like, yeah, like I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't. There's just, yeah. and I feel like for the first time, Nick fans have a level head. We all know we're gonna get bounced in the first round. No one's like selling like a delusional dream, you know. But we're all happy with the team. We're all happy. What seed? What seed are the Knicks right now? I think right now they're the sixth seed, which means we'll play Milwaukee in the first round. And honestly, if we take Milwaukee five six games, I'm happy, man. I'm happy. Just don't get blown the f out. That's yeah. how I feel. You just know, don't that's make that's not. That'll be a fun. You know what? I, I, I was just going to say Milwaukee. Milwaukee's weird because I, I can't get a read on that team. Some teams, some days, some weeks I love Milwaukee and then other weeks I don't love Milwaukee. Yeah, I can't I, read. I just, 
Yeah, I agree. But Giannis I, will be a problem. Giannis will be a problem. Giannis will be a problem. And I'll be honest with you, the Knicks half court offense is going to be a problem in the playoffs when teams can kind of like really buckle down and like scouting reports and things like that. You have to be able to score in the half court and the Knicks just don't have enough imagination or playmakers on the offensive end. Julius mm-hmm. is having a f- fantastic year. He is. But like, you, you, like the Knicks. Can I say, kind of like, can I say something about Julius Randle? Yes. Obviously, I'm, first of all, you guys have him. He's like your son. He's like your baby. Yeah, I watched Julius Randle mature <laughs> from, from from you know was brought to this earth you know as a Laker, and I I was I hated him I hated when they let, let him go because I love Julius Randle I, I love his passion I love his energy he plays hard every single night he's a he's a literally a bull like like he's just a monster every night man he just plays hard even games when he's off he just he, he finds a way to contribute on a basketball court and he's gotten so much better and I thought he was. I thought he was on track to be this with the Lakers, but he's just gotten so much better. So I hate this narrative. Like Julius Randle just came out of nowhere. Cause I've been saying Julius Randle as like, he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Like I, I really like Julius Randle and I think he's a really, really good, he's not a great player, but he's that next to you. Yeah. Like in that Tobias Harris range he's where he's like, two. he's a, re- yeah. On a really great team, Julius Randle's a number two, number three option. Yeah. Which is fantastic. We have that. Yeah. I think with Julius, what it was, it was just kind of consistency and, and doing it every night. Also, you know, there's a huge and belief and, and having a coaching staff right. and a team that said, yo, we believe in you. We want you to be that guy. Go. Right. He didn't have that in L.A. He was young and it was a young roster. So it's different in L.A. And then once LeBron got there, he was just like, yeah, we don't need this guy anymore. Right. You know, although I, I, I would have loved to see Julius with this group of Lakers to see what happens. But, yeah. you know, he goes to New Orleans and that's just I don't even know what the hell they were doing there. So he just needed a team that just believed in him and let him just kind of like, yo, do your right. thing. And yeah. He kind of had that last year, and I feel like he tried too hard. I think he forced a lot of the, a lot of things last year. He kind of forced the issue. This year, he's just playing a lot smarter. You know, he's he's not dribbling to triple teams or double teams. If he's getting doubled, he's kicking it out and finding the open man. And shot selection is so important. Like you can be the most talented player, and this is like I hate to rag on somebody, but this is the first person I thought. Of, but like someone like Trey Young, right? Trey Young mm-hmm. has phenomenal range. He can shoot his ass off, but like his shot selection is just like. You know, there's yeah. a reason why, you know, you're not shooting a high percentage. It's because like you're deciding to take threes from the logo off the dribble with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. And only two people in history have been able to do that consistently. And that's Steven's dad. I feel like, them. I feel like Trey Young is literally like the wish. I don't want to say wish, but the kid, damn, this is going to sound harsh. <laughs> Trey Young is, <laughs> I'll try not to sound harsh. Trey Young is literally like the target version of Steph Curry, like, yeah. it, 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 and and it, like he's trying to be that. That's the thing. Like he's literally trying, but he doesn't have the the. I don't think he has the the intangibles that Steph Curry has, right? right. So I think it just kind of falls flat in that regard. And I'm right. not trying to kill him because I like Trey Young. Yeah, he's but good. it's like, yeah, he's really good. He's really really good. I just, I you know, I think he. It's just weird when I watch him. It's just like he's really trying to be this. Like if if Steph Curry is Nordstrom's. Like right. he's like target. Like it's just literally that guy, but no, I get what you're saying. And, 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 th- and Julius is also a point on Tibbs because I feel like, again, you know me, I'm, I'm a Tibbs fan through and through. I, I wanted him to be the Lakers coach. I think Tibbs gets a bad rap and got a bad rap and it just drove me crazy. And this is, I was fighting with NBA Twitter for years. Like, Oh, Tibbs is terrible. He's, he runs his players to the ground and yada, 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 and all this other shit. And I'm like, they forget that Tibbs developed 
that bull squad. He yep. developed Joakim Noah. He developed Derek Rose. He developed yep. these guys. You know, he gets credit for that. Like, yeah. And I think he's doing the same thing on this team with RJ Barrett and, and specifically Julius Randle. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get enough credit for that. No, 1000%. And I think what happened in Minnesota kind of gave him a bad rap a little bit. I mean, he was known as a defensive coach and those teams were just, to be honest. But it was the roster. It was the roster. Was, and look, it was, and look, you're, you're still supposed to be known as a defensive coach and you're literally one of the worst teams defensively in the league. So it's kind of like, yeah, the roster, but you know, your tips. I, you get I give him, I give him, yeah, I get it. But I, I give yeah. him a complete class from Minnesota because yeah. Minnesota is a black hole. Literally, yeah. look at what they are now. That team has too much talent to literally be vying for a top five pick. It, it's just, it's insane to me. It's insane to me. I don't yeah. care who it is because I, I thought Ryan Saunders had potential to be a nice coach, yeah. you know, and that flamed out for whatever the reason. Um, it, it's just, it's just something about Minnesota, man. I just don't know what it is, man. I think it's just, it's just a, it's just an organization that's just poorly run and continues to be poorly run and yeah no so i don't i don't blame tims for that i really don't and then you had the whole jimmy butler situation we completely just blew up the franchise right but he was like but like looking back on it jimmy like was right about everything jimmy was absolutely jimmy saw the franchise for what it was and at the time we're all like what the hell is wrong with jimmy but then he goes to miami he totally vindicates himself and now tibbs goes to new york and totally vindicates himself and it's just like wow there was it wasn't jimmy and it wasn't wasn't jimmy yeah. Yeah. And, and, and who knows maybe, maybe that organization with that though, if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to lose cat. Oh yeah. They're going to lose yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why would so you, we'll why see. would anyone want to stay? Kevin, Kevin left, Kevin Garnett left their best player in franchise history. Didn't want to stay. Well, they have a new owner now. So a rod, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony Edwards for not knowing who the hell he was. And legitimately did not know. Not like an act. Like some people said he was trying to troll. No, he didn't know who he was. Like no I had idea. no idea. No, no idea. idea. He wouldn't know Alex. He knows Rodriguez. who J-Lo is though. He definitely knows who J-Lo is. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it you know what would have been funny? If he said, oh, A-Rod, oh, isn't he the guy that, that dates J-Lo? Like that's all he knows him <laughs> for? Like not his baseball career? Right. Or just, yeah, nah, nah. <sighs> all I know is A- A-Rod came like this close to being the Mets owner. Which scares me, literally scares me. Now you you lucked out. You guys lucked out. He was just supposed to be a Met too, by the way. Oh, don't bring. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Hey, listen, (laughs) I, I've always said this. I wouldn't have minded a Rod on the Mets. I know a Rod's all of his issues, but the guy was a phenomenal player. I think juice, juice or new juice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of his issues with the Yankees was the fact that Jeter was there. And I blame, and I've always blamed Jeter more for that. I, I think, think Jeter, I think Jeter deserves a lot of the blame. I, I, I agree with you. First I've, of all, a Rod, I, I understand like you're the captain and whatever, and, and that was your team, but a Rod's the better shortstop, which is come on. Yes. And Jeter um, never could, never could no, get over that. Could not get over that. And he, he never was welcoming. He wasn't. No, endless. never. And, and a, a lot of it goes back to c- comments a Rod made. Um, True. Before. But, but Jeter, you, yeah, the that's like comments. If, if you're the yeah. captain, if you're the captain, if you're a leader, you bury that hatchet. Period. Yeah, and you don't and, publicly show him up, which he's done on the field a few times too. Plenty of times, plenty so. of times. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. I because I used to live on the island. And they used to say because obviously you know criticizing Jeter is sacrilege. Oh, no, you, yeah, Yankee you can't. Man. Yeah, and and I said it. I was like, Jeter's a phony for that. Like Jeter yeah. comes off as like oh holier than thou, and and the yes, media gave him a complete pass on that. Yeah, the a media loves the media. Complete. They will never. They wouldn't. Because Jeter, once he gets criticized by the media, I mean, he got criticized for the media uh, negotiating his new deal with the Yankees. And that last back, one, yeah, that last one, yeah. And he came back as if like, 
the way he treated the media was like, how dare you? I'm Derek Jeter. Like I'm negotiating. Yeah. Like some things that were said. It's like, yo, like I, people are reporting what's 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 happening. Like that that's all that's happening. And yes, there's gonna be speculation because that's what people are paid to do is to speculate on what's going on. Like it's gonna drive to it's going to drive me insane this summer when he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. I, if you don't know this, Derek Jeter is one of the most hated people that I like. I, athletes, as far as I hate, Derek Jeter is like more. Really? I, see, I, don't, I cannot I don't stand him. him. I cannot stand Derek Jeter. I think he's overrated. I think I think Yankee fans and the media have overrated Derek. Look, I'm not crazy. Derek Jeter deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, I think he's he's great in the sense that he's, he's a great player. But I think he's been overhyped his entire career. Like if Derek Jeter played in Kansas City, he'd be like, oh, he's Derek Jeter. Not like he'd be Craig Biggio. Let's, let's, like, let's be, he'd be a better Craig Biggio. Like, and I think that being in the Yankees, winning champ, and I get it. You win championships, you're in World Series constantly. Your 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 stature gets elevated a little bit. But I feel like, I don't know, man. It just it's it something. I, I just something it, about it, it, him, the dating, the I, different girls, the just, no, the, but, oh, he's hey, so, he's, he's so really, this. And he's, he's a very man. handsome guy. It just is what it is. But then it's also like, Yankees had a dynasty, man. That, that four to five year period was like, and this was he the best player. Was he the best player in those dynasties? No. I would, I would argue that Bernie Williams was the most important player and best player. Bernie, Bernie was the best player for about a four or five year period. Bernie was the Bernie player. and Tino. Bernie and Tino were probably the two best players on that team. And Mariano. I argue Mariano was the best player on the team. Yeah, you can argue that as well. So I, I do get that. But Jeter did have some ridiculously huge moments during that time period. I mean, he ridiculously did. huge moments. Look, I mean, one, he got not- helped out with a fan reaching over the fence. That helped Jeffy Mayer. The <sighs> on Mr. November was huge. The flip in Oakland was huge. I mean, he's hit some... He's Jeter, listen, man... He, Look at his playoff numbers. He, he was no effing joke. And no, look, listen, I'm not, no I'm joke. not taking, yeah. I know, I know I'm sounding like a hater right now. I'm not no, taking you're not. anything. I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's people act like he's Michael Jordan when he wasn't even the Michael Jordan of his team. He wasn't even the best no. player on his team. So how can no. you be Jordan if you weren't even no. the best player on your team? No. And then there's like literally Yankee fans that put him in the top five Yankees of all time. Like what? Basically, first of all, the Yankees have just, it's ridiculous. The level of play. I'm like, he's not better than Babe Ruth. He's not better than no. Gehrig. He's not no. better than, Mantle. you know, he's, he's not better than Mano. He's not better than DiMaggio. And then five, Damn. like I'd argue for a four, at his peak, Mattingly was better than Derek Jeter. Yeah. Now with Mattingly, he just, it just yeah. flamed out because of his back. But yeah, I just I don't know, man. I just I don't know. There's just something about Jeter that just always just blah, just oh, I can't I think stand you him. See through him. I think you see through him, and it's not to talk shit about him, but at the same time, like he has like this spot spotless reputation, and you kind of know he's a dick. Yeah, he's. I, a I dick. think that's what it. So it's it's like it's like okay, like I get it. Like he's he's fantastic. He's a Hall of Famer, but this like church boy image that he had fawning fawning of him yeah like Like if he farts like oh look at Derek jeter the class in which he farts it's just it's just (laughs) you have never felt a smelt a fart like this like i don't even how the hell did we get on Derek jeter how the hell did we get to Derek jeter it's one of those shows folks it's yeah exactly any give us it's one of those shows guys we're just we're just you know we're we're out there now man but going back to the knicks i'm I'm happy man (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how we veered to Derry Jeter, but it, we got there. Um, nah, man, I'm happy. I'm happy for the Knicks, man. I'm I'm, I'm really truly happy. I feel like, and I'm glad that, and I'm glad, and I also hope 
that they don't screw it up a la Don, Donnie Nelson in the sense that let Tibbs, let, um, I forget his face, who's in the front office, run this team, build a core, build a tradition and a, and a, and a process of winning, and then go out there and splurge on free agents. Then go out there and find that, that great player. You know, we'll see. We'll see. The Knicks have never been disciplined. I don't think anybody would ever mistake the Knicks as being disciplined in anything. And you still have the specter of James Dolan that can yeah, lure I, his I think, ugly head at any moment. Yeah, I, I think the cool thing, and this is it might just be fortunate because there's like really no huge free agent out there that the Knicks can like, you know, Kawhi might be able to opt out and come to New York, but like, he's not coming you know, there's no York. LeBron, there's no KD, like there's no, there's no Giannis. So like, James Dolan doesn't have any of these shiny toys to like distract him. And that might be a good thing. You know, there's not going to be a free agent that we can actually go after. Like we're going to have to actually build this team from the bottom up and not be bailed out. So, well, you already know the rumors, right? Zion apparently is going to be a Nick in like four years. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Or, or a cat. That's the only one that I hear a lot. Like Carl Anthony Towns. I think someone will come. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure out who it's going to be. No, don't waste your time. And then it's like, if it is cat, like, I don't know. I think cat is overrated personally. Like, I I think he's, I think he's a guy that fills, he fills up the stat sheet, but he's not, he's not a great player in a sense. Like, it's like he, you know what he is? Cat is, it's, it's going to sound horrible. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hot take machine tonight. Fuck it. Um, I think Cat is a lot like Kevin Love in Minnesota, where he just puts up these gaudy stats, but again, the team never wins. And if he's such a great player, like you can't, you Get can't tell wins. me that you, you thirty-seven wins. I'm all, I'm not even asking for forty-one and forty-one, like right. thirty-seven wins, and that team is just a toilet every year. Yeah, every year. Especially because Anthony Edwards is probably going to shape out to be a nice player. You had Wiggins, yeah. you had you had Zach Levine. They had talent. They always have they talent, have talent on, on the team. Jimmy yeah, Butler. It's just, it's just, you know, and I know somebody's going to hear this and say, I'm crazy. No, I'm serious. And it, look, I'm not saying he's not talented. He's uber talented. And I like him as a kid. Like, I think he's a nice kid. He's, he seems like he's a good person. I feel terrible about his mom. It's just awful. Like I like cat. I just, I don't know. I don't think, I think a, an organization is going to be fooled into thinking that Carl Anthony towns is a superstar. Let's pay him a super max contract. And it's like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's just kind of a stat sheet stuffer who's going to be good statistically, but he's not going to help you win really much right. games. And he's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. That's the thing about it too. Like we 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 want to classify guys as superstars. LeBron is a superstar. KD is a superstar. Anthony Davis is a superstar. Kawhi is a superstar. There's a superstar meaning those are guys that are carry teams. That literally right. you put them in a situation and automatically the conversation changes. Yep. Is Carl Anthony Towns that guy? I nope. don't think so. No, because if he was, Minnesota would be better. Absolutely. Now, Zion could be. We don't I know yet. Zion. I think he could Zion, be. though. Because yeah. he's still in New Orleans. This is his second year. And granted, it's only second year, so you can't put too many expectations. But let's just say he stays in New Orleans. By year four or five, Zion, you got to start. Just get to the playoffs, at least. That's they fine. will. I, I, that team has got too much talent, man. And they're Lonzo's close this be- year. Lonzo's going to be gone. If they keep Lonzo, if they keep Lonzo, then I think they'll be straight. Lonzo's gone. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Yep. We shall see. We shall see. Um, but yeah, man, kudos to your Knicks, man. Kudos yes. to your Knicks. Yes, feels good to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we were going to start on politics, but since we're, uh, since we're on the topic of basketball, I guess we'll... Uh, We'll talk about some basketball items. Jamal Jamal Murray's injury, man. That was 
I, well, I love to see it because I'm a Laker fan, but I, I hated to see it on a human level. And then Donovan like, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been checking the, the, the updates on Donovan. Uh, yeah, is he, we're recording on Friday, by the way, folks. So yeah. if this comes out by Sunday, obviously it'll come out on Sunday. We'll, we'll, we'll have more info, but it looks like it was a lower ankle sprain. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to check it out right now, but I mean... Last I heard, it was a lower ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. How much do you attribute this to the to the schedule you know i've seen that conversation floated around obviously on twitter i don't know man i think these things are cyclical i really do i i think you know anybody thinks that he doesn't he like jamal murray doesn't tear his acl in a regular structured season in the nba no he does like i just yeah i think the schedule has something to do with it i'm not yeah. qualified enough to know how much right like at the end of the day, these are superstar Uber athletes. I mean, all world athletes with great conditioning. So you would think they'd be prepared for the workload. Obviously, some indications are that they're not. I'm not going to go there. I think it, that's a that's a cheap thing, and it's an easy thing to say. Like, oh yeah, well, had they played a normal schedule, those structured well, less right. you know, less back to backs and all that. Like, yeah, sure. I guess if you want to go down in that conversation, sure. But I, I don't think there's evidence to support that. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. It's it's kind of hard to tell what injuries would have happened and which ones ha- wouldn't have. And also, like you know, the KDs and the ADs and like they're being held out longer than I mean, this is speculative, but I think a lot of these injuries are they're being held out longer than they should have. Or they're being, oh, I agree or, completely. This season is a sham. It's a sham, yeah. man. Let's like let's be honest, bro. Like the problem with the NBA is the regular season is a joke. It's a it's become the NBA regular season has become a joke. Like I I am a Laker fan. Through and through, passionate, bleed purple and gold. And I don't pay attention to the regular season. I'll check in big games. I'll, I know what's going on. I'm listening to my Lakers. I'm following my Lakers. I'm listening to Locked On Lakers. Like, I know what's going on. But I'm not sitting there investing time and energy to watch Lakers Hornets on a Tuesday night. Like, if it's on, great. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll follow it. Because I know that this is just one big-ass scrimmage for the yeah. playoffs. And it sucks. Like, back in the day when we were growing up, like, if the Jazz were playing the Sonics, you knew damn well you were seeing Stockton, Malone, Peyton, right. and Cam. Like, you knew it. Like, whenever the Knicks played the Hornets, I knew Larry Johnson and Zoe were playing. You know, whenever they played the Bulls, I knew Jordan was playing. You know, you, whenever they played the Pacers, I I, I knew Reggie was going to be there. Like, it's just now and they, knew, and they knew vice versa. When you play the Knicks, Starks, Ewing, and Oakley were coming for your ass every fucking day. And th- that doesn't exist anymore. It's like, oh, Kyrie's out today just because. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi sneezed Kawhi, and hurt his ankle. Kawhi, and he's out Kawhi just wanted to stay home in San Diego. There's traffic yeah. on the five, right? Like it, it's it's, just, it's 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 bad. I I think the NBA has a problem, man. I really really do. No, I agree. And I I, I think I, they have to address this, man. I yeah. I think they have to have to address this, man. I, I you think cannot season, have. No. Go ahead, my bad. I, I think the season. I just want to say, I think the season opened up my eyes. But I, I think you were going to say what I was saying. Yeah, it's opened up my eyes. But I, although I felt this way for years. And I feel like they have to really address this. I really do. I don't think having, I don't agree with the, with the playing tournament. I, I just, that, to me, that's just, ugh. to me, having a playing team with playing tournament with mediocre teams that are playing for the right to get slaughtered by the Lakers or Brooklyn. Like that doesn't excite me. Like, what does that do exactly? Like, right. you know, I mean, I think it'd be interesting if like a golden state one, because I think Golden State with that championship pedigree, Steph Curry can go wild in a series for, you know, I trust Steph Curry and, and Draymond in a series more than I trust Phoenix. I really do. 
or even Utah, especially now with this injury. Like, yeah. yeah so I, I think step, Golden State would be the only one that would interest me if they got in the tournament and they got into that playing game and 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 somehow made the eighth seed or the seventh seed. But other than that, like, like, am I really supposed to get excited that the Kings win the playing tournament and then they get no. slaughtered by or the Grizzlies, whoever? It's like the equivalent of like that sixteen seed in March Madness. Yeah. It's like, oh, Northwest Central, Southwest corner of Arkansas State just beat Holy Mary, Mother of Jesus. But at the State but at the very but at the very least, that 16th seed has earned it. And it's like they've won a conference right. championship. Like these right. are just these are just mediocre to bad NBA teams that are just fighting to I don't think that helps. I don't think I don't think the mom in Utah is gonna sit there and say, gosh, I gotta go home and watch Kings and Pelicans for the playing game. Like that's not happening. Yeah. It's not, not happening. And I think the unless NBA you're a fan problem. of those teams, I mean, I, as someone who loves just competition, I, I, I probably would watch it, but it doesn't have the same. Oh, no, sure, like, we do a show. We do a show. Of course, but, we're going to watch it right, and follow it, it. It doesn't have the same effect of like the MLB playing a game, right? That's freaking dope because like Twins, Tigers, whatever it could be, like you could make a case that like you saw the Nationals do it. You in that playing game, now you're in. You can go to the damn World Series and win the whole damn thing because anything could happen in baseball. Hockey doesn't have one, but if hockey had that, you see eight seeds go to the finals. It's it's not all the right. time, but it happens sometimes. And I want to same thing. And I want to say this right because everybody knows I'm a baseball guy. Yes, 162 games is a long ass season, and I'm not saying that all 162 games matter, but the baseball season feels important. It feels important. Yeah, maybe one game might not be an issue, but if you lose a two out of three to a series and then you go on a ten of twelve slump, that can really cost you a division or a wild card. You got to think right. about it. Baseball plays 162 games, and Six teams get in. Literally, that's it. Six teams. One of which will be knocked out <laughs> in one game. And then you have five. Th- so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the like in the NBA, you play 82 games and 16 right. teams get in. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. And the NHL has the same problem too, by the way. I'm not just ragging on the NBA. The NHL regular season doesn't matter. But the difference between the NBA is that the NHL postseason is just... Yeah, because I mean, you can see an eighth seed beat a one seed exactly. Easily. So, so the NHL regular season kind of does matter because, like, if you if there's a race for eighth spot between three teams, that spot matters. That spot True. really does matter. Whereas, like, you know, I don't really care between the Spurs, Grizzlies, and Pelicans who gets the eighth. Seed. Like, who the hell cares? They're gonna get because you know they have no sure. they have no right. Yeah, yeah. again, maybe Golden yeah. State just because of their pedigree is the only right. one that you would be like, oh, okay, that's a little. Interesting. But I, I would just rather see Golden State make it. I, I would. I don't want to see them play the Grizzlies once or twice. Like, just give me go, give me Steph Curry. Give me a guaranteed four games of Steph Curry. I agree. I agree completely. The NBA yeah. from a ratings perspective, and I never want to be that guy. Oh, it's for ratings. But who who moves the needle more? Steph Curry in Golden State or, you know, Ja Morant in Memphis? Yeah. It's just that it's a, it's a business too, folks. Like it's an entertainment industry. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, man, I think the NBA has some problems, man. And I think, but I think it's unfair to just say like, oh, Jamal Murray's injury has contributed to the schedule. Like I Right. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. These things are cyclical. You know, watch yeah, next happen. year. Watch next year. Like 40 other guys get injured, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, it's the yeah. schedule. But the schedule is different this year. So yeah, I think people are just frustrated with the lack of stars that you're seeing. Like, it, I think that's what it is, and I, I think people are kind of overreacting to it. I mean, I do think that there are some problems with. It. I think players are more tired, and maybe it's causing coaches to kind of rest their players with a lighter hand than usual. But yeah, I mean, injuries and ACL tears and 
ankle. Do you think reducing? Do you think reducing the season is eventually the ultimate? I think they're gonna have to, man. I think eighty. I think I think the days of eighty-two games is it's gone. It's coming gone. Now I think it's unrealistic because owners never give give up money, right? They always hell. If the NBA could do a hundred game season, they'd do it. Um, eighty-two games just seems like a lot, man. Like really, eighty-two games. I you know it's crazy. Like back in the day, it never felt that way. Now it, it does. never. Yeah, now it does. Right. Now it does because we're not. The game it. changes. The game yeah. changes. Like back in the day, I would have never said to you, oh, I need to see a DH in the National League. Now I'm like, give yeah, me the DH. I, I, I don't I don't need to see Jacob DeGrom bat. Like I don't. Like things change, yeah, he's, man. He's not that bad of a hitter, is he? No, he's not that bad. But I'm just saying in general, like I, I, I just don't need to see pitchers bat. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think the same thing with the NBA. Like I, I back in the day, I would have said 82 games. Who cares? Like, like yeah, that's fine. You know, everybody's yeah, played 82 I, games I since the beginning, like a- right? I wish it was like a clause in the contract where it's like, all right, Kawhi, you signed this much of a deal. You have to play at least this many games. Barring serious medical. I think that I think that that's what's going to happen. But I don't know how you get that through the CBA, though. Like, I don't I don't think how you get that through. Right. Because that's there's no way you could do that. Because at the end of the day, the Kawhi's, the Kevin Durant's, the Anthony Davis is like, we're hating this because we're not seeing them. But they they want this. This is what they want. Um, So. You know, that's another thing we have to take into consideration. It's like, it's not like these players are cl- clamoring to play. I mean, there no. aren't many players in the NBA who like are banging the table. Like I want to play today and you're keeping me out. I will never happen. forget. I've told this story on the show before, but I will never forget. I literally was driving and it was like the start of like the 2013 NBA season. Whatever, whenever DeMarcus Cousins was like in San Carreto. And uh, and I'm driving there. And I just you know how you just drive. You turn on the radio. It's just kind of in honest background noise. But I specifically remember hearing like an update. I don't remember what the sports radio. It was probably like Magdal Radio or something. Yeah. And I hear the update, and like, oh, Demarcus Cousins is sitting for rest, and it's like literally <laughs> the tenth game of the NBA regular season. And I'm like, first of all, why is Demarcus Cousins resting in the tenth game of the regular season? Yeah. Two, it's the fucking Kings. Like, you need to win as many games as possible. You don't need to rest nobody. Right. Right. Like, it was just like, I'll never forget that. Like, this, that was like, really, this is the world. Ba- in the but NBA baseball started to go that way, too, by the way. I mean, I know we're trying to switching sports here, but like, yeah, Aaron Judge true. is resting. And, and the thing that, no, you know, but it's, but it's Aaron Judge because he's so injury prone. But like, it's fucking baseball, dude. Like, come on. I, I, I get that like these are perfect. You are a professional athlete in your 20s in the prime of your life. You're telling me you can't stand out in right field for nine innings? Come the, on. The, the this, issue, this is, the, the, this, you're this, right. The only thing I would add to that is the structure in baseball is like you're playing every day and that does tend to wear on you. The NBA, you're playing, you're not playing every day in the NBA. And I'm not trying to do like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to defend like Aaron Judge versus like Kawhi. I, I, it's two different it's two different skills. I, I I just I don't think that baseball takes that much energy. I, I just don't. I I, I if think you're, I, if you're if you're in right field, on average, you get about two or three plays a game that you have to make, and then you get to bat four times. If you hit the ball, you got to run once. Like the amount of energy it takes to baseball is a joke compared to everything else. No, true. That you're you're one hundred percent true. I think it doesn't. I think resting like 
game 17 of the NBA, of the MLB season. Like, no, yeah, yeah, that's a joke. Now, yeah. I will say, like, August and September, you've been playing for six months. It's yeah. every day. It's a it's, grind. It's more mentally it's exhausting. Right. More it mentally is. Exhausting. It is. It is more mentally exhausting. Yeah. And look. And, 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 uh, and I'll say catchers. Catchers have it bad. Catchers is a position. I'm catchers, like, pitchers, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, the one thing I would add, right? is also a lot of sports science and sports medicine is going in this direction of saying like, no, you need more rest for longer, for longer, you know, longer periods of greatness and ability. They're, they're, they're stressing, you know, maybe structuring out the rest. And I get that. I understand that that helps keep the players healthy, but I think there's a fine balance. You do you're at the end of the day, you're still running a business. This is a TV show. This is a product that people want to see. And it's like, you can't have this. You can't have where players are just not playing. If I was a Clippers fan, I'd be going crazy. Like, I don't know what day Kawhi plays. If he plays this game, doesn't play right. that game. Paul George, if he plays that game, he plays this game. It's just, it's my, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. And then, and it also has like, you know, as someone who likes to go to games, right. I'm a, I, let's just say I'm in New York. West coast teams only come around one time. What if I want to see Kawhi play? The Clippers play in New York one time, and my son or daughter is a Kawhi fan. Absolutely, Kawhi comes. You get you you get tickets for his his or her birthday. Day comes, and now Surprise. The game. Oh, Kawhi just didn't feel like playing today. <laughs> like, are you what? What are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? What if Michael Jordan would have said, "Yeah, Michael Jordan's taking days off for personal reasons." Like, right. well, no one in the nineties did that. Ever. No. And I don't want to make this like, oh, the 90s was so much better. I'm, I'm, I, that's tired. Yeah. But what I'm saying is just like, yeah, it's it's a it's, because I feel like people defend this and like, oh, it's not that bad. Or you got to see it from their perspective. And like, no, this is this is bad. At the end of the day, this is still a product. This is still must. You know, this is still television. This is still, you know, a product that you're selling to people. And you have to you have to have your players play. You just have to. And I don't know how you fix it. I really don't. I, I don't know. I know how to fix the regular season. I think you lessen the schedule. I think 60 games, 60, 62 games, a crisp 62 games start. I don't know. November, November 1st, right after the World Series ends, start and then end right in April. And then you just go into the playoffs. I think you would yeah. shorten it. For, I, ideally, I would start. I would start November, finish around April, mid, mid to late April. Five game first round. I don't need a seven game first round. I don't. The five game first rounds were so much better. So yes. much better. I have been clamoring for the five game first rounds forever. And so no, much and it's better. Like, we're never the getting them back. The one eight was possible. Was was so possible. Yes. We saw the Knicks do it in Miami. We saw the Nuggets do it against Seattle. And there were yes. times where like the one eight or two, two seven went to a fifth game, whether or not the seven or eight seed won. Like it, it can get competitive. Like it can get serious. You lose yes. game one if you're a one or two seed, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, sh- oh snap, like this can get serious. I, I'm with you, man. Bring back the five game first round. That was dope. I would bring back the five game first round. I keep the yes. rest of the postseason the same. Honestly, I'm also in favor of just doing one through 16, the 16 best teams. I, I think that I think the days of like Eastern Conference, but I, yeah, that's done to me. I'd have the 16 back. I think that was less likely. But I would I would strongly consider that everything else I'm doing five game first round, 62 game regular season. You know, I, I just I think it, I think something has to be done. I think Silver and his boys have to think about something. The, this playing game ain't it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. there. But they'll never they'll never go for the five game first round because that's less money in their pockets. That's less games. I agree. I yeah. agree. 
Uh, what were your thoughts on Lamarcus Aldridge sudden retirement? Uh, so as someone who had an irregular heartbeat and actually missed my freshman year of baseball because of it, I know exactly like what he's going through. Actually, I don't know exactly what he's going through. I haven't been at the height of my professional career and then have it taken right. away from me because of a medical condition, but I do know <laughs> what it's like to have that condition. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad. I, I feel very bad. I mean, in the sense that like one day you're a professional athlete, the next day you're not, I think, you know, good for him. That fact that, you know, he's not his prime anymore. So it's not like there were things. That yeah. That's what I was about to out. say. Yeah. It's not like he was um, 27, just about to get a career. payday. Like yeah. he, he, he had a great career. If anything, I feel bad. Underrated that, you know, career. Yeah. I mean, he was the last of his kind, you know, mid range, big guy post up. I mean, he was, he was probably the last of his kind and he could have won a championship this year. So that's something else that, you know, I kind of feel bad for, but in the, the day, like I said, he had a, he had a whole career. He had a full career. If I'm Marcus, Aldridge, you know, maybe I'm a little like, ah, oh, I could have won a championship this year, but I'm proud of the career I had. He's one of the better power forwards of this generation. Uh, definitely a top five blazer of all time. Yep. And, you know, shout out to him. I, I just feel bad because I, I had irregular heartbeat issues growing up and it prevented me from playing my freshman year baseball and almost prevented me playing my sophomore year in basketball. I got very lucky. Um, my coach Ben didn't even like we basically put it this way. If the county knew what happened, our team would have been suspended. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to play basketball uh, my sophomore year wow. in high school. We just leave it at that. So, so I'll get to I'll get back to Lamarcus Aldridge in a second. But yeah. like, so with an irregular heartbeat, like, so I guess like, what is, are you limited in what you can do because it's it's irregular? Like, what what is it? like? Just no, break it down. I mean, like, I, what, it's so what happened with me? I I it started my freshman year. I was just in in homeroom and I I felt like I was having a heart attack. I wasn't. But like, I felt like I, I felt like I was having a heart attack. It passed, happened again, happened again. And I'm, and I just went to my mom, like, mom, I don't know how to say it. my heart hurts. And I don't know why I'm not passing out, but like, there are times where like, I'll be in class and I just like, it's like this pain. Um, and then I went to, you know, get an EKG that happened and they were just basically like, you know, we can't pass, you just can't pass a physical. That's what it is. And mine wasn't as serious as maybe LaMarcus's is, right. but I, I couldn't pass a physical because they were afraid that basically like I put too much stress on my heart and it, something would happen. Um, so I, I think his case might be a little more serious, a little, a little different, but my heart was beating. It was beating fat. It was like, doo, instead of going do, 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 it was like, do, 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 do. Wow. Do, 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 like it was like yeah, yeah it, it was, was making just, beats back there that's yeah, when you got your music taste that's from. exactly that's, coincidentally that's when i started making music actually <laughs> it's funny um so yeah and then my sophomore year um supposed to play varsity basketball couldn't pass a physical in time so i missed out on that then was going to try out for because J- jv tr- jv tryouts were like two weeks after or a week after because the varsity team starts earlier um, so then I went to try out for JV, couldn't pass a physical again. I, and I transferred schools my second year. So my, I went to North Rockland high school, my freshman year, I went to mm-hmm. Albertus Magnus, my sophomore year. And this is my first year at Albertus. So no one knew who I was really. Um, and the JV coach had no idea who I was. I had some kids who played with me throughout my life, basically convinced the coach like, Hey, listen, I, there's this kid, Josh, he couldn't make tryouts let him practice with us once he's good enough to be on the team xyz um didn't pass a physical had no documentation showed up 
it's JV. So like you, you don't like all these rules don't apply. Like they do with varsity mm-hmm. showed up first five minutes of the, of, of practice coach comes up to me. He's like, yeah, you're on the team. It's <laughs> <was> like, thanks. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> never passed a physical that year. Wow. That's great. That's interesting. Cause I've never met anybody. With, I mean, I'm sure I have, but I'm saying like, I've never actually talked to anybody about like an irregular heartbeat. Cause so then it's yeah. like, it's, it's weird. Like what, do you, what is, I guess, what is the impediment? Obviously the, the irregular heartbeat. Yeah. It just felt like someone was, sometimes it just feel like someone was squeezing my heart. Like that's so then, that, so then, it, so then, as an organization or as a team, you're kind of afraid to put this person in a in a competitive situation where they have to their heart right. rate or whatever because you just don't know what's going to happen. So right. yeah, yeah. Now I get it. Okay, so yeah, no, going back to Lamarcus Aldridge, man. I I that was that caught me off guard, man. I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. And then you wonder like how long has he been playing with it? Like so, because he's had a long career. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, Pop said there was something like three years ago. Where there was wow. a scary situation, I, I'm surprised it never got leaked to the media. So yeah, yeah he's probably had it for a while. And like, I felt like I could have played. Like even though I didn't pass my physical my freshman year of baseball, that year I, the whole spring I went home and I played one on one with my friend Angelo. Are you day. easily tired? Is it more fatigue? No. It's nothing. No, it's it, no for me it just every once in a while my heart my heart would hurt. That's that's what mm-hmm. it felt for me. It felt like every once in a while if I was just randomly if I, if I had some like fried food or like it just felt like my heart was like someone was like squeezing my heart it felt like my heart was working too hard like heartburn on steroids basically yeah and okay but i but i still played both like during the baseball i still played basketball like that's how me and my friend angel got close because my freshman year of high school i couldn't play baseball he was home i was home we just played ball wow yeah yeah that's crazy man no man, shout out to to Lamarcus Aldridge. I I was a little saddened because I like you said he is the last of his of his kind. I think he had a really underrated career. Oh yeah, I think he's he's been one of the most underrated players. Like I think he's a great player. Like I think he was underrated. I think I think the problem was he's just a was he played in Portland, and let's be fair, for as great as Portland is as a franchise, it's it's Portland. And, you know, they're on late on the East Coast. You just got, you know, you just, he's just there. And I think his game's just not sexy. You know what I mean? He's just kind of, a, he had old school, old, he had, he had, he had old man game. Literally. He had old, he had old man game at 21. Like, yeah. it, was, it was weird. No, he had a great, he had a career. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I, I, I love LaMarcus Aldridge. I was always a big fan. I yeah. think he was an underrated player. I hated the fact that he just never got the attention that I think he deserved. He, he, uh, yeah. He should have stayed was, in Portland. I agree. Should have stayed in Portland, especially with Damian Lillard. Who knows what, where that friend? I mean, you think about it. Damian Lillard, CJ, Dame. I mean, they made it to the second round with those guys. It was him, Batum. Like they had a little Wesley. Matthews. They had a squad. They had a. Yeah. Listen, don't bring up Portland because I'll instantly tell you about Brandon Roy. I, I love. Oh Brandon man, Roy. I loved Brandon, Brandon Roy. Roy is on the all what if team, bro. I when I tell you I loved Brandon Roy. I loved Brandon. <laughs> like, like Brandon, Brandon Roy, Roy was made, a shame, man. Brandon Roy ended my childlike fandom. Like you know how like when you look up to a team and it's like you you get angry when the Knicks lose or like I, I used to get irrational angry when the Knicks lost and then one time the Blazers were playing the Knicks. I'll never forget this. Brandon Roy hit a game-winning jumper or whatever it was against the Knicks and I got so 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 upset. And this girl came to visit my roommate and I was upset. And as soon as she walked in, my roommate goes, not now. He's like, he's in a bad mood. <laughs> and when he said that, I don't know what a switch in me flipped. Like, why am I this angry? 
Like I shouldn't be this angry. Like I don't know these guys. And ever since that day, like I've been able to like rationalize and like, I wish, I, I wish I could do, I wish I could do it. I, I, I wish I, got I the Knicks. I want the Knicks to win and I cheer for them, but like, I, it, I don't let it ruin my day. Oh, I, I no, the jets and the Mets ruined my day. <laughs> like, like the Lakers don't ruin my day. The Duke doesn't ruin my day, but the Mets and the jets, man, like I'll, Bro, I've dead ass canceled podcast episodes because I was so fucking mad at the Mets. Like, yeah, that happened with us, the Mets opening day. Yeah, yeah, yes, it did. It happened with us. Yes, it did. I was like, yo, I was just like, my wife was like, you're okay. I was like, I was so fucking pissed off that I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm doing it. I I text child, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not sorry, guys. I'm sorry for this. Because it was like, it's a new year. You're excited as a Met fan, and then they lose in the same exact fashion that they've been losing for the past. Oh, I felt I God. fell for you on that one because I was like, "Damn, the bull again!" Like you just can't catch I, a break. I I, li- I literally I literally have like I've I've not gone to date nights. Like I've literally I know, and I'm not saying this to to pat myself on the back. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm I'm fucked up in the head. This is what I'm gonna tell you. Like, <laughs> like, this is this is don't do this, please. It's not this is not normal. Nah, man. Um. So yeah, I I, I feel you on that. But yeah, Brandon Roy, bro. He just, I, 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 he was like the one injury, him and like David Wright, where I just like, why, like, why, God, like, why, why? It's like you just like it almost felt like God was just trolling and just playing a game on folks, because like Brandon Roy in the literally entering the prime of his career, and he just, he just has been, and then, and then also, I kind of always. I'm sensitive to injuries because I'm dealing with my own stuff here. Just right. being in the army, I have neck issues, back issues, whatever, knee issues, obviously. So I'm always kind of sensitive to injuries, and I like I I kind of relate and personalize it because I'm like, damn, I'm I'm going through something obviously not the same level, but yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I shout out to to, to Lamarcus Aldridge, man. He, I applaud him, man. Kudos. He had a great career, like you said, accomplished a lot. Didn't win that championship. That that I think he was he was chasing there at the end, but yeah, hopefully you know he's made uh, you know you would think he's got money in the bank, beautiful oh, yeah. family. Yep, you know, hey man, applause he's to you. Fine. you, you he, yeah, he's, he's good. fine. He's good. He's, fine. he's good. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make it sound like he's you know basically Audie Murphy died in war or some shit. Like no, he's, right. <laughs> he's, he's 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 good. Alive. He's, he's still good. alive. He's good. But uh, yeah, man, shout out to to Lamarcus Aldridge, and like you said, he is literally the last of his era. Last of his kind, in yep. a sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild to think of. Okay, man. Uh, I think we could transition a little bit to Biden. Biden, Afghans at, pulling out of Afghanistan, man. Finally, after you believe it? after twenty years. I don't believe it. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because we've been here so many times, obviously, yeah, right? I don't I, I think I think this time is different. I think setting a date, you know, I think the press that conference we can accountable for. We can right. accountable for. I'll say this right now. If if all soldiers are pulled out of Afghanistan by September eleventh, like Biden is saying, he has my vote for reelection. I don't care what else he does. This is he, huge. This is it's a, this like is, people this people is huge. don't really yeah. 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 I mean, I, we all have our issues and listen, and this is, this is where I, I, I trip myself up because I think this is where people think I give the establishment too much credit, but I'm going to give this, this is me defending the Elon Omar's and the AOC's. I think a big reason why Biden's presidency is a little more left than people think is because of people like you and I, Manny, and people like the Vanguard and people like the squad. 
putting out leftist ideas and putting pressure on Biden to have a more leftist administration. Because I don't think if it's, if, if it's for, I think this is a victory for us, man. I really do. Absolutely. I don't think this happens if, if it's not for our, for our, um, our voices being heard and, 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 and being out there. And, and then, you know, your Kyle Kalinske's and your Sam Cedars and your Michael Brooks and, and hate your Jimmy doors and everybody on the left. I know that Finally, pained you. I know that pained you. It, it did. It but I mean, listen, <laughs> it, no, I'm kidding. Tactically, I can't like I, I Jimmy and I don't whatever, but Jimmy and I have the same beliefs on certain things. And I think that for the most part, you know, I think the squad having a progressive this is this is what I'm talking about. Like, has AOC disappointed me in certain ways? Yes. Has Ilan Omar to yes, they all in certain ways they've been a little bit too catery to the establishment, quote unquote. But at the same time, they did bring in ideas and they did bring in a vibe that's like, hey, we're moving left as a country. You're going to have to move left with us. So whether or not we draft legislation and you pass it through the House, there's still this thing out there where it's like the people agree with us. And I think Biden knows yeah. that. And, and the polls that, show it. And the polls yeah. show it. And got Biden, I mean, to his credit, I'm not going to give him too much credit. But to my surprise, he has governed way more left than I thought he would. I, I he has, and I'm not saying it's left enough. Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not doing cartwheels in my he's, room. He's not, he's not FDR. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, right? Please, uh, but I, I think that if if he's able to get the troops home from Afghanistan by September 11th, same man. I mean, this is this is this is the issue that got me into politics. Like I said before, this is the. I mean, and especially for you, same. this is. This is very personal for you that you, you know, you served. I didn't serve, but I always had the, in, in my head before I understood healthcare, before I understood, you know, social justice, before I understood anything. I remember my thought always being like, why are we in other countries? Like, why are we killing innocent people? Why are we doing X, Y, Z? Why are we dying? Like knowing that like people are dying in countries that we shouldn't even be occupying. Like why are Americans dying in countries in, like Yemen and Afghanistan? It, it in Iraq, in untenable situations, un- right. win- unwinnable situations, and yeah. that's that. That's like the one. That's the one issue that, of course, made me think I was libertarian for like two seconds. Um, I want to yeah. see libertarian Josh so bad. <laughs> like if I could just be a fly on the wall, and there was like an old YouTube snippet of you being a libertarian, I want to see that shit. It, it, it all revolved around foreign policy. That was yeah, the first no, issue. I, as that is my baby right there, man. Yeah. I'm, you know, more that which would surprise some people because, you know, obviously I'm so passionate about like, so, you know, different leftist and socialist agendas, but I, foreign policy is my baby, man. Like yeah. I just, I, I think the American foreign policy has been a failure for 40, 50 years now. It, Qu- it question just, for you while you were ahead. serving, did you think that like, what, what was your mindset? I thought it, I thought it before I joined, I thought it, I was like, I've, I've always been anti these two wars. I was anti-Iraq. So, so why did you join? I joined for, you know, I, that's the, that's the thing about it, man. Like, and I always hated when like in like the era of Vietnam where people would rag on like the soldiers, baby killers, like a lot of, first of all, there was a draft back then. So like half of these motherfuckers didn't even want to go. Right. <laughs> and people, people were throwing shit at them and calling them baby killers. I'm like, half of these people want to go there. Mm-hmm. Now for me, man, I just, I looked at the landscape, man. My mom couldn't afford to send me to college. And I just, you know, my brother was already in, ar- in the army. He was already had served six years. And I just, you know, you, you, you know, that moment where you just wake up and you're like, I'm not a kid anymore. Like yeah. you just, like you just had that moment. Like, yo, I'm like, I'm, I'm an adult. I don't want to just party and just bullshit all day. Like I just, I need something more. Right. 
I had that moment, man. I had that epiphany one night, you know, after literally after like going out to drinks with a couple of chicks and just like, I just had that moment, right. Where I was just like, yo, I'm grown up. I, I can't do this anymore. And you know, I called my brother. I was like, Hey, I'll join. And he was shocked as, as anybody. Cause I used to say like, oh, I'm not joining that war. I, I used to be one of those, like, oh, I'm not joining the white man's army. They'll make you. Blah, right, blah, right. Blah. But then I was like, Hey, you know, I saw, you know, GI bill veterans, you know, benefits, all that shit. And I just joined, man. And then even when I was in, I just, I always knew it was bullshit. I knew it was bullshit. I, and, and it just, and when I deployed, it only confirmed it. We're not doing anything here. Like we're literally just beating our heads against the wall. We're fighting these militias and we're killing most of them, but some, but there are, they, but we are taking hits because, you know, IEDs and, you know, basically tactical stuff, but Realistically, it's like, what's the point? After we talk, here's the thing, right? Afghanistan was reactionary. We just wanted to bomb and kill people because of 9-11. And at the moment, I was in favor of it because, you know, I remember like the young Manny, 14, 15-year-old Manny, you know, 2001, you know, 9-11. I thought I knew foreign policy then. I was like, oh, yeah, well, if Osama bin Laden was hiding out in Afghanistan and the Taliban is you know, there, like, let's bomb them. I don't think anybody imagined that 20 years later, we'd still be in Afghanistan. Right. Doing nothing. And that's the thing that people have to understand, right? Like we go over there and it's like, literally we're trying to help these countries become democracies, but they're not natural. It's not natural. We're just implementing and we're just propping up these. We take the lesser of two evils, you know, tactic, into our foreign policy and it's a and it's just as much as disaster here as in there as it is here right because in a sense right we said like for instance iraq right lesser two evils let's let's get rid of 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 saddam because he's a terror and he's this and he's that and then we topple him and then we'll just we'll just we'll just instill this puppet democracy you know, government. And the only democracy about it is that people actually get to vote for it. They're still corrupt in their own ways. They're right. still shitty and they're still doing, you know, whatever, right? It's like, what are we doing? We're not accomplishing anything. We're not doing, we're not. And, and then it's like, now you're just enabling these militias because there's, that's the other thing about it. People don't understand. It's like these, there's these little militias, like that's what we're fighting over there. It's just militias and different like gangs and organizations that are all trying to like basically gain power right so basically we're just we're just a shield for a puppet government right and it's a failure and i think that it's finally time that we started realizing like yo these people have to figure it out for themselves iraq has to figure this shit out for themselves afghanistan I, has to figure this shit yeah. out for themselves and i'll be honest you man i think i think both i, I think both democrats and republicans think i, I think if there's like one thing for the most part that democrats and republicans and i don't, I don't know about politicians i just mean the citizens can agree on is that i mean yeah. obviously i mean back in the day like there were both democrats and republicans who wanted to go you know in afghanistan and in iraq and, and things like that and then you know you had the people who supported the war and you know thought they were doing right but i think after a while i think most americans have realized that like we've been there way too long and that the mission that we said we were out to accomplish just wasn't the mission that our government said it was and yeah. you know i think if you were to pull the i i wonder what polling is now i i probably can look it up right now but like I'm pretty sure, man, whether you're conservative or liberal, like we're tired of this shit. It's like we're time. tired of like seeing it's our time. friends and family go overseas and catch PTSD and or die or come back not the same person. That's like even if even if you don't even if you come back alive, like 
you're a different person. I'm sure you changed. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, don't know if you have any conditions, but I mean, you probably seen some shit like that. No, uh, I, listen, I was, it's, I was blessed and lucky enough yeah. that I didn't, I didn't see crazy shit. The, the, the effects I have is physical, man. Like I joined the military, I came back, and like a lot of the shit that happens to soldiers as far as injury is during deployment. Like you're yeah. wearing these heavy gear, you're wearing weapons, you're like you know, you're you're marching all the time, you're 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 on your feet all day. You know, you're wearing this heavy ass Kevlar. It's like it fucks with you, man. I, I'm, I'm fucked up. Like my neck's fucked up, my back's fucked up, my back. You know, my knees. Obviously, I just had yeah, ACL your, surgery. Your ACL, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I'm, I'm, I'm angry and sad because this is what I'm dealing with. Like I'm probably going to be in pain for the rest of my life. But then I'm also like happy that I don't have PTSD. That I'm not dealing with other shit that other people have and other uh, friends of mine have. You know, I'll be honest. Like I've, I have friends that have PTSD. You know that that have shit that I've seen way more shit than I have. So, yeah, man, it's it's it's. I'm very passionate about this issue because again, it's like we're not gaining anything. We're not doing anything. We're not winning. Right. We're not we're not accomplishing anything. We're just literally beating our heads against the wall and literally just trying the same thing over. We learn nothing from Vietnam. We learn nothing from Vietnam. Vietnam was a disaster because of that. We're trying to prop up a puppet government and trying to make a democracy out of a country that doesn't necessarily want to be democratic. And it's the same thing with Afghanistan. It's the same thing with Iraq. It's the same thing going on with Yemen. It's just terrible. We're either propping up a democracy in the Middle East or we're taking down democracies in South America because absolutely. it's not the democracies that we want. It's that we want imperialism and it's just absolutely and it's just you ever notice that every single government that America has backed has been an absolute failure? Yeah. Yeah. Legit, every single government that America has propped up has been an absolute right. disaster. And like from, if, a, if a government's succeeding, like we just like especially like a poor nation, like, oh, we we can't deal with that. <laughs> especially if they have like natural resources like oil like a venezuela like we can't how dare they (laughs) no it's 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 phony and fraudulent but you said that i I, as far as politics the only reason that i'm skeptical about this man is that people do not understand that war is big time business like you have all of these defense contractors that don't don't get it twisted. They have a lot of power and they donate to a lot of politicians. Yeah. Like it's legit, man. And you have these warmongers, these neocons, these, these, these guys that are literally, they're, they're starting it now. Oh, it's a disaster. You can't do that. That you're Lindsey Graham's of the world. Why? Because they're all pocketing from defense contracts. Right. You know, right. don't get it twisted. War is war is a business. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. War is a fucking business. And then the Middle East is very like, you know, it's it's very complicated. There's different types of groups of militias on their own, and you know, a lot of Americans for the most part don't know who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, who's if there are good guys, if there are bad guys. So any politician, whether Democrat or Republican, can be like, we can't leave that area because if we if we leave, the Kurds will X Y Z, and like the average American doesn't know the difference between. You know, different militias. So they hear that they're like, oh, that must be ISIS or that they must be evil because like it's it's very easy to fool your average American when it comes to forest policy. I think if anything, it's probably the, it's probably the easiest thing to fool anyone on both sides. You know? Yeah, we, I would agree. We don't know anything that's going on in the Middle East. If a politician we trust is telling us, hey, like if we leave this area, like this group is going to take over and that's bad. You don't want that. You know, I, yeah. I think it's very easy to convince your average American, whether Although, Democrat or Republican, that like 
Right. Yeah. And then, of course, the media buys into all this shit, too, because oh, they, they have, love it. They, and that, yeah, and that, this it. is what makes me laugh when it's about when they when um, conservatives call like CNN and MSC, MSNBC, like the liberal media. I get they lean left with certain things. But at the end of the day, they're going to push war, period. That's not a liberal thing. Like they're going to push a lot of different things that are not liberal because they are backed by lobbyists and because they're backed by big money. <laughs> CNN and MSNBC, they want war. They've always pushed for war. Always. The one, the always. one thing Trump did that I could say was acceptable, that I could actually applaud him for, was Trump tried to get out of Afghanistan. He did. He he really did. I, I will give him that. He tried to get out of Afghanistan. And what happened? The neocons, these generals at the Pentagon, those are the real fuckers too. They want yeah. this shit. Because they're yeah. they all they're all getting defense contract kickbacks. They know what the fuck is up. Like they know the game. And that's the thing about it, man. This is a game. People have to understand the game. They understand it. So don't don't fall into the hype of believing that these wars are about anything but money and imperialism. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. That's all it is. That's all Afghanistan. I wouldn't say not so much Afghanistan because Afghanistan at first was reactionary and then it became just another war about imperialism and money. And right. I think the same in Iraq was always I, like I was always madder at the Iraq situation than the Afghanistan situation because I well, because Iraq them. is like we identified them as the enemy, like the direct enemy. They had people. nothing to do with 9 11. They right. had nothing to this was just this was just a thing that Bush had up his ass that he was going right. to do that his dad didn't. And Lots of lives were lost that probably shouldn't have. And Which again, also, and, yeah. and then for that, what did you accomplish? Nothing. They literally, they literally, once they toppled Saddam, they had, they had no plan. They didn't even right. have a government to institute. Yeah. They had no plan. And then we're surprised when the, when the surge happened, when, when all these militias and all these uh, uh, gangs started piling up on them because it's just like, they didn't, they didn't have any idea what to do. Right. And, and for the record, for those who are listening and just don't, know or or know the history of it like and this is why people like manny and i get so upset because especially with the democratic party it's like joe biden voted for this war knowing knowing it was a lie yeah 2006 hillary voted for it as well so like this is why we get so angry and this is like there are reasons why like we don't give biden credit or this is why we're not so gung-ho about someone like joe biden it's like yeah it's nice you're getting out of afghanistan but like we shouldn't have been going down this road in the first place and you're even though he voted for the iraq war like one thing leads to another and just having a president on the wrong side of history is as someone who was against it it's just kind of like i don't know it just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth the other the other thing about it too is like we get out of afghanistan and what other area we're planning to bomb next because you know it's happening, right? Like we don't normally have too many times of peace in this country, so you know we're just we're just shaping up our pockets for the next war to come. Yeah. So, no, yeah. man, I, if he does it, I'll be extremely excited and happy. Again, Joe Biden doesn't have to do anything else in my life in in, in his four year term. If he gets us out of <laughs> Afghanistan, you know, if he gets us out of Afghanistan, man, he has my vote for the next term. You know, that's that's. Because this is so important. I really believe this is very important. This is such a great step to finally getting the fuck yeah. out of Afghanistan. I mean, if, if, if you give me the president that helps us get through the pandemic and gets us out of Afghanistan, I mean. Yeah, he's he's going to he's going to waltz the reelection. Yeah, he just he just is because the Republicans have nothing to offer. Like, what do they what do they get? It, they'll, they'll start a culture war. Nikki they'll Haley. <laughs> I'll Nikki Haley, break. folks. Yeah, God. Nikki yeah, I, I think DeSantis actually might be the freaking nominee. If I had he he could be. Now. Yeah, the DeSantis. I think if Trump decides not to run, I think he'll back DeSantis. I think he'll. he'll DeSantis is like a Trump light. 
Josh Holly, ugh. Nah, Josh. You know who I? You know who I? You know who I think? I think it'll be DeSantis or Tom Cotton. Right now, looking at it today, twenty, you know, twenty twenty one. Obviously, things can change in the next three years. It wouldn't surprise me if Cruz still kind of has a little bit of a. Yeah, he'll run again. Left. He'll run again, but Cruz is just so hated. Like I, I just don't see anybody that's gonna. I don't see that. I don't see anybody that's gonna. Yeah, I think that. I think DeSantis. I think maybe a Cotton. Maybe even maybe even somebody we're not thinking about. So who knows? But things can change in three years. I don't want to speculate elections and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like who can get the base more riled up with this cancel culture stuff or because wars. you know I'll take you back to two thousand six seven air range. I, who the hell would have thought a Barack Obama would have you know won an election? Two thousand sixteen. Who would have thought Donald Trump? Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. 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 But hey. Let's all hope as Americans that we that Joe Biden you know sticks to his word and yep. gets us out by September 11th. I think that all of us as a country we can unite on that fact that it's it's definitely time to get the fuck out of Afghanistan. Yeah. So. Also, when you bring these troops home, there needs to be some system in place to take care of them as well. You're here, 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 absolutely. That as well. Trust, yes, absolutely. I guess we could wrap up with a sad case. Uh, another one, Dwayne Wright. I just don't even know what to say anymore, man. <laughs> I just what is, honestly, say? I, there's nothing. There's nothing to say, man. There's nothing. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to write about. There's just. It's just. It, I'm just tired. That's what it is. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted, man. I I I can't I I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like I just can't. I can't. And it's it's half of it is like ha- it happening over and over again, but the other half is just like. And this is where I trip myself up where it's like, I still care with like the opposition says and what they think. Like I, I cannot for the life of me reconcile with the fact that I know and love people or grew up with people who I used, who I used to hang out with that. Like, I think that this is okay. I can't believe we, I share the same country as these, as these human beings. And I can't believe that they, I ever thought that they were these empathetic people that, you know, had any sort of knowledge of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, it's uh, it's my daughter walks in the the chat here. Uh, nah, man, I I just I don't know what else to do, man. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's like it's it it just keeps happening and nothing. And and I think the most frustrating thing about it is it just keeps happening and nothing will change. Right, nothing changes. Nothing is 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 you know nothing. <laughs> Seriously, you I don't know what she's trying to say. You feel passionate <laughs> about this issue too? As she's mocking. <laughs> As she's mocking me talk here. And now my other daughter just got in. It's it's just it's just a party in a in a gist. <laughs> no, man, as far you know, I, look, man, I, I just I, I kind of just feel defeated. I'm just like you, man. I just I, yeah. I don't know what else to say or do. It just feels like we're just we're beating the heads against the wall and it's just like nothing's changing. You know? I mean, it's just I, what else? But like I, I'm running out of like patience in the sense where it's like, what came like I don't think training can fix this. I don't think any type of like racial sensitivity training gets fixed this. And I say this because one of my friends, he, the only friend who I'm holding on to pretty much from the right is a cop. And I hear him talk about these issues. And like, he takes range racial sensitivity training as an, as an insult. He takes certain types of training as an insult. Like, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm a cop. I know what I'm doing. Who are you to tell me that I'm racist? They take, they take it as all that. And they don't even take this training seriously to begin with. So 
for me, I, I I don't know how you tear down the system and rebuild it because I do think there should be some type of authority. Obviously, the police have some tremendous amount of overreach right now. They're supposed to respond to situations, not create them. Uh, I, I don't know what to do, but I I just can't reconcile with what's going on and just have to be honest where it's like it's it's a problem with the police it's a problem with the system but it's also mostly a problem with the people who become cops because it attracts a certain kind of person and until that job stops attracting that type of person we're going to continue to have these problems you're mute i totally agree and uh, I, I can't even I can't even debate that for you. You're absolutely right. And I'm tired. And I used to be one of those that defended like, oh, there's good cops. And and there's a few just a few bad apples. No, it's not just a few bad apples. It, it, it's no, the it's, culture. It's, it's the culture, man. And and look, I don't want to sit here and say and I don't want to disrespect cops because I do have cops in my family. I've had former cops in my like retired good people. But it's a culture thing, man. It's a culture thing. And it's 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 you know, it needs to be called out. I know that there's good cops. I know that there's good cops. I know that there's good people as cops, but they don't have the power that they need to make this stop. And they should be outraged. I'm calling out again. I say this every time this happens. I'm calling out the good apples, the, the few bad, the, 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 the good apples, right? You know, I'm calling them out. Where are you? You should be outraged by this. You should be disgusted that literally yep. this shit keeps happening and it keeps making me look bad. Me being good cop, like where are you? Where's the outrage? Where's the where's the where's the conversation? Where's the feeling right. of like, yo, we cannot continue to go like this? And it's like you just you don't see it. It's it's, it's non-existent. And they because don't exist, the, man. they because, don't exist. I think so part funny. of I think part of them exist. I think it's just the culture and the infrastructure. I think it's the culture and the infrastructure. Because look at the culture, right? If you go, let, let's say let's say you're the bad guy, you're the bad apple. I'm the good apple. If you shoot a Dwayne a Dwayne Brown. Right. Or Dwayne. Uh, what's the last name? Dwayne. Right. You know, if you shoot that kid and I sit and I sit there and I go public and I say, yo, this is fucked up. This is bullshit. You're automatically ostracized. You're automatically just ostracized. But you're and ostracized to- because most cops aren't good apples. Like, <laughs> do you, do you the, guys, the- if, if, if it was a case where it's a few bad apples, then the good apples could speak up. And the bad apples would be taken away. The good apples would have no problem speaking up because the other good apples would basically come to their defense. The problem is it's the opposite. If there were enough good apples, this wouldn't be a problem. The problem is there are very few good apples. So the good apples don't want to speak up because the bad apples will basically. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right, man. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I'm not a cop. I just think that, I just think there are there are some good people, but I think they have to they have to be held accountable too, man. They're a part of the problem. You are literally, and I'm saying this to the good apples, to the good the good people that quote unquote permeate these police departments, right? You are part of the problem. Your lack of silence is is just as much of a problem as the stupid idiot who shot this kid. Like you're just about it, and I'm just again, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the few yeah. bad apples. I'm tired of like, no, 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 no. I will say that I think it's also the culture. I think it's the infrastructure. I think these police unions have a lot of power. People yep. don't realize they have a lot of power. They influence a lot, and especially in these local communities, they influence a lot. And it's just like I've seen it firsthand. I work in local government. Like these police unions are powerful. 
Yep. They will destroy you as a politician if you yep. and just anything. So that's why I'm a little like that's why I'm sensitive a little bit to the good cops in a sense. Or I used to be sensitive to the good cops because I felt like yo the infrastructure is in place where you can't have this. But no, nah, man, fuck that. This shit needs to stop, man. This I, shit needs I, to stop. Just, and we really yeah. need to address the training and I don't the think, type I don't of think people. training can fix it, dude. You're right. Maybe I don't know what can fix it. I'm just fucking tired of it, man. I'm just yeah. I'm just tired of black kids, black women, people of color getting murdered on these streets, man. And and what makes me so upset is that we find excuses to justify it. Oh, she thought it was a taser. No, I don't give a fuck if you thought it was a taser. I don't care. It's a oh, whoops. It's a whoops. I don't care about that. Someone, a kid lost their lives, whatever he may have did. And I, and I hate this other thing too. Oh, well, he was trying to be arrested. Like we're, we're not saying don't put these people in jail. If Michael Brown committed a, a crime. He should be in jail. Not dead. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. not dead. Right. I, that's not what we're saying. We're saying is like, yo, these people have rights. We have rights. I have rights. People that look like me have rights. We deserve to be treated like human beings. You think about it. There's people that have been mass shooters, literally criminals, that have been treated better than Tamir Rice, than a Trayvon Martin, than a fucking Dwayne Wright, Eric Garner. The list goes on and on. The fact that these names are synonymous now with this, the fact that these names are known. I never wanted to know what an Eric Garner was or Dwayne Wright was or, you know, on Alton Sterling. I I didn't, I didn't want to know what these people were, but we do. They've become, they've become part of the lexicon because this is now as American as, as apple pie. Another black dude got shot in the street up. It must be a Tuesday. It's, it's disgusting. And I'm frustrated, man. And, and, and the most frustration about it is because I've faced discrimination from the police before. Like I have a son who eventually is going to grow up into this world and be a target. Like that's what it is. And like, and it pisses me off for people that are listening to this that may be white. Like you don't understand is it's, it's especially hard for me, man, because it's like, yo, I have a fucking son who's six years old, who eventually will go out into these streets and be considered a fucking target. Right. I'm a target. Yeah. You know, when I go out too late and my wife hasn't heard from me, like she gets scared. She gets nervous because she's like, yo. And the first thing she says is like, yo, they're killing black men in these streets. Yeah. I remember when I used to go out, like I used to live in the hood and I used to fear my own kind. No, I fear the police. <laughs> like legit fear the police. Like I don't I don't fear, you know, you know, Jamal on the corner trying to sell me a fucking dime bag. Like, no, I, I fear the police. Right. Legit. Like. <laughs> And I think a lot of people grow up in neighborhoods, especially rural America, right? Where you probably hear most of like the pushback is, is a lot of these people just grow up in rural America where it's like that, you know, Friday night lights type where it's like small town cop is my friend comes over for dinner, knocks on my door very politely. Where, like, sure, yeah. I, that exists. in like, That exists. Yeah. But that's and, not, that's, but that's not my life. That's not my experience. Right. And that's not the experience of a lot of black men and women. And then also, I mean, I don't want to like same. I've, I've been discriminated against. Like it's, it's sure. weird. Like I think anyone who's like a person of color it, it goes through it at some point, you know, more specifically, you know, black men and women, but you know, as a Puerto Rican man, like I've been, I have more <laughs> run-ins with the cops than any of my white friends combined. No. And it's, it's like, and, and, and I'm speaking yeah. to, to white people, right? Like it's, 
Like, it's also up to you guys, man. If you feel disgusted by this, if you feel like you guys have the power, you guys are the majority and you guys and you, you guys don't feel the empathy or the fact that, yo, it's like this is that, that's what drives me the most insane. Right. It's like we literally have a situation where black people are being targeted and killed on these streets. And you have people saying they can't even empathize with that. They can't even empathize with it. Like. It's like, wild. It, it, it's just so mind-boggling to me. It doesn't even seem. It doesn't even seem like it's, it's, it's possible to me that you could just literally be this like, just tone deaf. All lives matter, yeah. really. That's what, All lives yeah. matter, really. Well, they, and this is the thing. Like they come from towns where like this stuff doesn't happen or exist. Like if you grew up like in, I don't know, Iowa, right? But like it's not even. Place. But it's not even Iowa. There's motherfuckers that feel like way, and they grew up in fucking Hoboken, like. True. <laughs> it's like it yeah, doesn't change. True. It's just, it's just, it's just again because you've never walked in the shoes of a black man or a person right. of color. You just can't understand for them right. anyway. That's how they feel. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I've never been a Native American, but I can empathize with you know the issues right. of, in the Native American community, right? Like I can right. empathize. Like yo, if if like suddenly you know Native Americans were being slaughtered by the police. I would empathize with that. I would be right. outraged by that. I would be like, yo, this is fucked up and we need to stop it. Right. Instead well, of like, oh, yeah. well, well, all lives matter. <laughs> uh, or at least, uh, at least, at least recognize that, you, like, just know that you don't know and accept that right. you don't know and be right. better towards that. Say, you know what? That's not my experience with cops. I don't know, but I, don't, I, I know that I don't know what it feels like. Let me learn, learn something. Yeah. Because I, I mean, as someone, and like I said, I'm, I'm not black, but as growing up, someone person of color, I've never been like happy to see police. I, I, police have always scared me, always. And it's not my parents didn't really teach me to fear the police, but I've always was taught to kind of like tread lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Know? And my no, my older true. brother was my older brother was black, so I, I think I had a little bit to do with it because they would talk to us at the same time, and you know, so I. I don't know, man. I, I it's just like a different, I, it's a different reality for 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 black men and women. You know the talks that they get growing up, and the, that I got as a person of color growing up, as opposed to like you know a white family, you know who has cops in the family who grew up in suburbia. It's 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 a completely different story, and I, I don't yeah. think most people know that. They don't they don't know that, and they can't. And it's yeah. like the thing about it, they can't empathize. Like this is because they can't fathom it. it. A lot of people can't fathom it because like they're friends with cops and. I think it plays a large role in it, man. I really, I really do think it, it does. Like they, they're able to human, you're able to humanize what you can experience. Right. So right. if you're a white man or woman and you know, a lot of cops, but you don't know a lot of black people or you're not friends with black people, but you're friends with cops, you know what it's like. Your best friend's married to a cop. Your your husband's a cop. You don't have black friends. You, but the thing is like the, the, when I see this shit from people that actually have black friends, that tells me like, and that's Shannon, crazy to me. And I think yeah. Shannon Sharp said it right. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to misquote him, but you've seen the clip of him. Yeah. He said, he's like, you don't have black friends. You just know black people, black people. And that, and that's, wow. that's one of the realest shit I've ever seen. Like, yeah, you, you, you don't have black friends. You have black people that you know. Right. right. Because if, if you can't sit there and say, yo, someone that is a human being, that he may not have the same, he or she may not have the same skin color, but they're a human being. They have rights. I should empathize with that. And you don't. What are we doing here? What are we, right. what are we, you know I mean? It's a, that's a, that's the thing. I, and and I, I'm sorry. I'm not as passionate or hardcore as I usually am with this shit, but it's, I'm just, I'm tired guys. Yeah, exhausted. I'm just, 
I'm just exhausted by it. Yeah. I'm honestly just like literally just exhausted by it. You know yeah. what I mean? All this while the George Floyd fly, uh, trial is going on or the Derek Chauvin trial is going on. And it's just like, I don't even want to pay attention to that oh, trial because it's just like. Is it me? Like, did it? I, I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but wasn't the country like all in unison that Derek Chauvin like murdered George Floyd? Like even conservatives were like, okay, you got this one. Mm-hmm. But now like all of a sudden there's, I'm not saying all conservatives, but there's like a, an alarming amount of conservatives who are like, wait a second. Now, maybe like it, it might be being led by the Charlie Kirks and the, and the Steven Crowders of the world. But from what I remember, for the most part, everyone was like, oh, yeah, George, George Floyd was murdered. But then when the protest happened in Minneapolis, that's when conservatives were like, but we don't agree with you rioting and burning right. down the city. And that's when right. they got mad again. They're more they're more passionate about yeah. targeting. We agree with you. We agree with you on this murder. What's wrong? How come you had to burn down a city? And, that's know, that's the feedback I got, by they, the way. They care. They care. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. They care more about the target being burned down than you right. know, or, than you the know, U.S. capital being invaded. <laughs> Don't <laughs> start there. No, they care more about that than they do about Eric Garner or Tamir yeah. Rice. Like literally, a 14 year old kid lost his life for just a toy fucking gun. Imagine that. Like I, I think about that. He like was I, again, I he was, was I thought he was 14. No, he was 14. Tamir Rice? Tamir Rice was 14. 14. 12. 12. Okay. I was off by two years. But think about that. Like, my son is six. My son is six. Like, Tamir Rice could literally be my son someday. Playing in the street, not thinking of it, playing with a toy gun, and a cop just shoots him. And the crazy thing, too, to add on top of that, these are the same people who want more guns. So you want more guns? (laughs) <laughs> you want more you want everyone to have a gun like what do you think cops how how do you think cops are going to react in certain situations if they assume that everybody has a gun there's going to be more black people dead and honestly quite frankly there'll be more white people too it's just going to be complete yeah, chaos it's just like, gonna be i, I chaos. don't understand people who advocate for more guns it, it's it's literally one of the most illogical arguments in any type of political because they're full of shit they have no real argument they're just they're just throwing out shit just for their own personal agenda they have no real there's no data to back it up there's there's nothing on your side that can prove that more guns is is safer i mean all these all every time you defend a cop for killing an innocent black man it's like well he could have had a gun and and then the next sentence out of your mouth when we debate gun control is i think more people should have guns and it's like how do you not realize the world you're setting up here? It's, 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 it's literally just, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, I was trying to find a better word, but yeah, it's I, crazy. I, I, but I need my gun to protect myself from tyranny and, and overthrow the, ty- the government. This government. But now, this, but this now, government. not only so now you want to protect yourselves from the people who are literally doing that. And you want to put more guns on the street. So the people who are already doing that can fear more so they can kill more people. And it's like, do you even realize what you're saying? Like oh, none of it makes sense. It, it is, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Crazy. And it just, and it just shows crazy. you that it just shows you that their their warped reality. What their warped reality is. There's the warped views. Nah, man. It, it's just it's. Yeah, I haven't even I don't even have any words for the conservatives. Yeah, just, I, I don't I, either, I, man. I it's it's one of those things where it's like to me, conservatives are just people who haven't logically thought through their processes because <laughs> I'm honest. Like I I, no, I know I that know. sounds I know that sounds harsh, 
But like to me, like there's no way, and this is going to sound really, 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 really harsh, but there's no way you can be a logical thinking human being and be a conservative. There's just, there's no way I can understand if you're an evangelical and you believe in God and Jesus and things like that. And there's certain like conservative values that you have, but your conservative values do not match up with what conservatism is in America today. It's not the same thing. Your definition of conservative is different than the Republican definition of conservative. And I just wish more, I guess, white evangelicals realize that. You're here. You're here, man. I, I just, yeah, I don't even have words for these idiots anymore. It's just, it's, it's like, what's the point? You know, what's the point as far as Dwayne Wright, man, I, I just feel for his family. Uh, Hopefully we get justice. I have no hope in that. I have no optimism in that. Uh, I, I actually think, I actually think they're, uh, I believe so. Yeah. She was charged for, I I don't remember what she was charged for, but I know she was charged for something. And then of course she resigned, but did you just say you think Derek Chauvin's going to get off? I do. Are you about to say that? I have no, I have no, because I have, what, what, what faith do I have in the American justice system for black people? This should be a slam dunk. And the fact that there's like literally a level of like doubt, yeah. And plus, I've heard people debate, like say that experts say that Derek Chauvin, they still think he will go to jail, but they're thinking like, yeah, there's still a possibility. I'll tell you what, if he's found innocent. I, you know, what, I, 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 don't I know even, what, I know what you're feeling. Yeah, I know what you're thinking and I know what you're feeling. So yeah. you don't have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way, too, bro. I feel the same way. If he's innocent, then it's like, yeah. Yeah, there's this just no, there's no words I could say here to describe it, but just know that, yeah, shit will be crazy. Shit will definitely be crazy. Because then it's like, what? I know I said this earlier, what are we doing? Like, no, seriously, legit, what are we doing here? This is just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Like it, this, this means nothing now in the grand scheme of things. Right. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I have, I'm, listen, I'm praying and I'm hoping that this man goes to jail, but I don't trust this justice system, especially for people like me. I don't trust this justice system, man. I, I don't. I just have no reason to believe that. Yeah. And this is for everything. That's not just this case, everything, every single case involving black people. I'm just always skeptical of the justice system because, again, look at the, look at the track record, look at the history. It's failed yeah. us at each and every time. Legit. Legit. It's designed. It's designed to do that. Literally, it's designed to do that. So, yeah, I don't even I don't even want to go on a big tangent about what we can do, because we feel like we have this this discussion on any podcast every day. What can we do? How can we fix the problem? We're not fixing the the whole the whole system. needs. The whole system has to and built built back up. Like I said, I don't I don't mind the idea of police, but I think their role in society has to be completely different than what it is right now. And you have to get be- different people to be police officers. You have right. to change their roles. Right. I do think that the job of policing is hard, but this is what I do get pissed off about. You know, because the the biggest defense is, oh well, being a cop is hard. So is being a fucking dentist. But right. if dentists were out here killing people, a la Corbin Burnson in the dentist, the movie, like we would right. have a fucking problem. Right. Like I'm just so tired of oh they have a hard job, you know. Sanitation workers have hard jobs, you know. Teachers nurses, have hard jobs. Doctors, nurses yeah. have jobs. There's a lot of people that have no hard jobs. They fucking signed up for it. You knew like being in the military, we had a fucking hard job. Yeah, like it doesn't give you the right to violate people's rights and kill them. It just doesn't. I don't care how hard your fucking job is. 
yeah, I, I, I don't even want to continue, bro, because it's like, what else can you say about this shit? What else can we say that hasn't been said or that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just hope this kid and his family gets some sort of justice. Let's hope. And and, you know, and I'll finish with this. You know, the other outrageous thing is that this literally happens in the same town or whereabouts area right. that George Floyd happens. What a year. So that, so that means these cops have literally learned nothing. That's the other thing about it. They, they literally, you would think, you would think George Floyd in our area, you would think we're going to tread lightly. We're not going to, like, there's not going to be a fucking incident no, where a cop gets. They, yeah. They were more mad at the protest. They were more yeah, mad. At the, I literally. mean, their, their police department got burned down, by the way, by a right winger. It wasn't by yes. um, anyone who was pro Black Lives Matter. Their police department was burned down by someone who leaned right. Um, don't know why he did it. I guess he tried to frame some Black Lives Matter protesters. So they're not mad about that. So it was. Um, not again, not mad about what happened in the Capitol. But you know, God forbid black people would and, and, and honestly, it's the the one thing I'm happy about is that it's not just black people right now standing up for what's right. I'm seeing a lot of different groups coming together, and that makes me happy. Um it's it's slowly happening, but you know there are more of my white friends speaking up and saying things, and we need our, but we just need everybody. We need everybody because things aren't going to dramatically change until we get everybody. So, yeah, man, absolutely. I'm just emotionally, I'm just out of it, man. I, I can't even. No, I'm with you, man. I, I I was like, in a I was in a cloud. I was in a cloud this week for sure. I was too. It's just it's yeah. I don't know what we do, man. I don't know, but like I said, like you said, I'll, I'll reiterate: the system needs to be torn down completely it's it's failed it's a failed experiment and it's and it's just all and this all it does is just solidify it so yeah man all right man i hate to end the show on such a on such a uh somber note so yeah but that was a good show yeah good show. good show man good show good show we you know we got to talk about on this show sometime we got to show about your tv watching experience you know because i don't see you talk about tv shows too much I don't really watch TV, man. I've, I've, I fell in love with one TV show. What is the TV show? Uh, Mr. Robot. It was my favorite television show. Uh, yes, yes. Mr. Robot. We, we still have to have a conversation about Mr. Robot. My favorite show. Uh, oh, my God. I wish you watched Snowfall. I, you know, a lot of friends of mine watch Snowfall. You uh, should watch Snowfall. A lot of my black should... friends. Is it, is it a black show? It's a, a it's well people. yeah it's yeah predominantly a black show but it's yeah. like you, you should which you would you would you would find that entertaining yeah I, I I I'm someone like it's very difficult for me to get excited about something and like give it a shot like I get very bored easily I'm like I have ADD like Mr Robot just honestly it happened by accident so watch Snowfall let me know what you like give it a shot yeah watch it's like three FX, episodes right? It's on, it's on FX, FX, but you could catch like all if you have Hulu or whatever. Okay. Oh, shit, I'll I'll send you my fucking Hulu. Maybe that'll be okay. that'll be like my homework assignment. Yeah, man, because it's like, all right, listen, as listeners, the audience, we gotta get we gotta get Josh to watch some TV, man. First of all, he needs a break in his life. The TV will do this, <laughs> and 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 then also, man, he's missing out on such great TV, man. Jesus, there's so many great shows out. You gotta watch. If, if, okay, you may not be able to watch all of them, but you gotta watch Snowfall. Okay, Snowfall. The, cr- the criteria to be a host on this show is you gotta watch because I gotta talk about Snowfall with somebody. Okay, I'm doing some podcast appearances this week coming up, reviewing the season finale. But yeah, for season five, man, I hope that you're all caught up and we could talk about. So I think you would like it. I think you would okay. like it. 
Okay. Yeah. And then there's other shows I can recommend if you do like after that. But yeah, okay. baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps. All, All right. right. I think that's it. I think we uh, accomplished everything. Talked about everything. Anything you want to leave the listeners with before uh, we get out of here? Nah, typical stuff. If you're in the NBA, you can follow my podcast, The Dime, with Josh Rodriguez on all podcast platforms. The handle is at The Dime NBA. If for any reason you're into boy bands, <laughs> you can follow New Pod on the Block. We're going on our third season, we'll be releasing episodes mid-May. So look out for that as well. Hey, I got to make an appearance on New Pods on the Block. It's a very interesting podcast. I, I've got, I've got, I've got things to say. <laughs> things to say. Let's just leave it like that. I, I got things to say. We, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Check out new pods, uh, new pods on the block. Check out obviously the dime. Check out everything that uh, Josh has going on everywhere else. Yeah, man, he's dope. Check him out. Um, definitely check out me and this podcast if you're if you're listening. If you're if you like what we do, please, please, please. I can't stress this enough. Go to iTunes. Go to Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts, try, first of all, subscribe and listen. And then leave us a review, man. We, we desperately need it. We definitely appreciate it. I think we're doing big things on this show, but we can't do that without you guys. So please, 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 if you like what you're listening to, and I get it all the time. I get it in DMs and I tell people all the time. Yeah, take that. Just put it in a review. Yep. <laughs> it would yep. be so perfect. No, but for sure, please, I, I can't ask and beg you guys enough. If you guys like us, like what we're doing, like what we're listening or you're listening to and like what we bring to the table, please drop a review. And as always, you can find this podcast on all platforms. You can follow me on all platforms at the Emmanuel Brown, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, this show at AGS Pod on Twitter, AGS Podcast on Instagram. Uh, check out my new baseball pod. I love baseball. Episode five dropped today. Go check that out. You can find that show on all platforms as well and then you could follow that show on twitter i i l baseball pod so yeah a lot of things going on and of course you could follow me on dead end sports i'm there some tuesdays but mostly thursdays i wasn't there this week because i had busy stuff going on but yeah check out dead end sports and all the other other items that are all the other shows that are on the dead end sports or dead end podcast network so yeah man it's late i'm tired <laughs> so yeah let's get out of here uh for Josh Rodriguez, I am Manny Brown. Hopefully you guys have a happy, safe, blessed week. Uh, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.